Hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekly Monday mentorship call brought to you a little bit early. Uh, I am hosting a Western Consortium meeting today with, with some great public charter schools uh, out there in the West. We're going to Thomas uh, Jefferson Classical Academy, one of the greatest uh, schools that we have in North Carolina, if not one of the better schools in the nation. Um, so I, I apologize that this is a recording, uh, but I'm very, very excited for, for the topic, what we'll be teaching, because as always, uh, what you're learning is what I'm learning, and, and it's very, very um, heavy on my mind lately, uh, this uh, process. So um, we will be talking today about how great principals, how great heads of schools drive their board, right? They're, they're the ones that are so key and critical to ensuring that the board makes effective decisions, they're informed, all right, we'll talk more about that because this call, this call is is by leaders, with leaders, for leaders. Right? It's 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 for you. And and I did a lot of time not only researching uh you know my own experiences but also reaching out to some public charter school leaders um to uh, design the content. All right? So uh made by us with other leaders for you all because our vision our vision is is to to uh provide the most value to you in, in all ways possible, right? To be the Amazon for public charter schools, as I keep saying, uh, that, is, that is definitely, definitely the goal. So let's talk a little bit more about this teaching topic. Uh, this call is for Monday, um, April 18th, 2016. We've got a little bit more time left in the year, and what a great opportunity for you to really start thinking about how you're going to drive the board next year, right? How how you're going to ensure that every single board meeting is purposeful, right? And you're getting information to them. Excuse me for a second there. You're getting all the information to them that they need to make informed decisions. So I'm really, really fortunate right now in my current role, uh, not only as, as the founder of our, our organization, Leaders Building Leaders, but but just to be able to to go out and visit and see other boards, so so I you know function as a public charter school consultant in, in regards to governance and leadership. So with that, we lead board retreats, we do board training, we we research boards, we uh, you know create content for boards, we observe boards and give coaching feedback. So that's one aspect of this triangulation that I'm about to share. The second part is I am an executive director of of a of a consortium of schools. There's two schools. Um, so I'm the executive uh, director to the board, supporting the principals and also driving the board, right? Helping them grow their organization and uh, and and reach their goals. And then the third part, the third point of our triangulation is I'm on a board. I'm on the board of my daughter's uh, school here in Raleigh. So I'm a charter school board member. I'm an executive director to a board, and I'm also a charter school consultant. So with that, I really really get to see. Um, amazing, amazing human behavior. Um, I I see how difficult it is to to leverage volunteers. Right. I see the struggles of uh, charter school principals um, to communicate with their board, to get their board to move to action. 
Um, as we've talked about, the number one cause of failure is procrastination. So, so you definitely want to make sure that, that you are making decisions. Every board meeting should be actionable and have action items presented and be taking you one step closer to your organization's ultimate vision. So, and then going back to, to the three boards that I, um, you know, well, the three triangulation here of my uh, research, you know, I've, we've worked with probably about 30 boards over the last two years. So we've, uh, you know, so we've seen all types of different boards, boards that have different makeups, boards that have other organizations sit upon them, boards that are mostly parents, boards that, you know, have very little parents. The board that I drive, we have very unique bylaws uh, that we don't have any, we don't permit any parents on our board. And then the board that I sit on is about is about 50-50. Um, so, you know, again, we've, we've talked about how you create the structure of your board. And it's going to bring me to one of my points today is that as an executive director, you've got to know your board. You've got to know the makeups, okay? You have a responsibility. You're key in part of the recruiting process in bringing people onto your board. So, so everything I'm talking about today, keep that in mind, that you need to have a very good, strong understanding of who sits on your board, how they think, how they process, what type of information are they seeking from you. All right, really important to have that sit down with every board member. It's a little bit of time, sit down and get a better understanding of them. So what I what I've been thinking about is 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 what is it that these boards seem to have, or uh, you, you know, how, how do they function at a more productive level? Right? What is what is that they all have in common? Uh, when I see boards that really, really, really just seem to be um, driven by results, right? They they have great committee structures. Their meetings don't last between 60 and 75 minutes. That's probably a long meeting. So what what were what were the key aspects? So so I'm going to talk about three key principles that these that, that boards have, or that these specific boards have that are driven by their executive directors. All right, these three key principles. The first principle we're going to talk about communication. Right. Everything Everyone communicates, but few connect in regards to their ability to communicate. And communication is the key. Being able to communicate is the most critical tool that any leaders must have. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for the Monday mentorship call. This is Tom Miller with you uh, for our recorded call on April 18th, 2016. I greatly apologize for not being live with you today, but uh, we are hosting a, uh, a Western Consortium think tank uh, at Thomas Jefferson Classical Academy this morning, so I will not be able to be with you because I will be uh, thinking with other uh, charter school leaders, but I wanted to make sure that you got the content that you, that you deserved. And remember, the purpose of our Monday mentorship calls is, is to add value to you, and, and, and you're learning what I'm learning, right? So uh, today's call is focused on how 
great executive directors drive their boards, right? How they help their boards navigate the organization from success to significance. And it's so key, as I said, you're learning what I'm learning. Uh, if I'm failing, I'm telling you about it, so you, so you know, you have have some tools to navigate through. So, in my research uh, for this call, I reached out to about half a dozen principals and asked them what they thought the keys were. And it, it just aligns to our purpose of this call, right? That this call is made by leaders with other leaders for leaders, right? It's it's the whole it's the whole great triangulation. Uh, that we want to make sure we're uh, bringing uh, key and relevant information to you because our mission is to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations. So I tell you every week how fortunate I am to be doing what I'm doing. And I've, I realized lately that this amazing perspective I currently have in the public charter school sector, uh, in, in my life I'm a ch charter school consultant that has the privilege to teach boards better practices in regards to their governance, their governance uh, practices and behaviors. Uh, with that, we lead retreats, we observe board meetings and give them feedback, we troubleshoot, we help them plan. Um, it's it's pretty simple, um, at, you know, at times as a consultant, right? Because as a consultant, you're you're paid to point out deficits. And 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 help them help them identify their blind spots. Um, so it's not always a very difficult process, uh, right? Because you're not the one that, who's actually doing it. Now, my second part in the charter school sector right now is I am an executive director of a consortium of two public charter schools on the west side, and I'm the executive director to the board. Right. So in that role. I am helping the organization navigate. I'm, I'm I'm bringing the board information. I'm out there doing a lot of uh, partnership building, helping the principals establish better, sustained uh, learning environments, bringing the information to the board, setting up the board meetings, meeting uh, prospective board members, and and you know, you know driving a lot of work. And that particular board is very unique because our bylaws state that we will not have any current parents on our board. So, so the board is pretty much made up with um, retired professionals. In fact, everybody except one on our board is retired and we also half the board or a portion of the board lives in the western part of the state and then the other part of the board lives in the central part of the state. So it's always interesting uh, because we have a lot of different you know, backgrounds and, and makeups there. And then my third point of my triangulation is a board that I sit on. I am a charter school board member here uh, of, the, of the charter school that my daughter attends in Raleigh. Um, and that board, we're about 50-50 uh, parents and community members. Um, and it's a very, very successful uh, charter school. So, so I really get to see all, all three levels there. And, and so I've been thinking lately, what is it that these boards that seem to function at a more productive level. What do they have in common? And I really looked at the at the principal's practices in those, or the head of school or the executive director. Uh, this so 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 this uh, teaching is going to provide the three key principles that all of these heads of schools um, or you, you know the, the executive director should utilize to to drive your board, right? To help your board uh, uh, stay on the map. Uh, 
from success to significance. All right? And I'm also going to be talking about a few blind spots that I'm learning on the way. Because remember, you're learning what I'm learning, right? And just like I said before, you know, my goal is it that uh, that I, you know, I can help build a pathway and, and, you know, tell you where I fell in the holes or fell off the path and, and to help you uh, steer back on. So, so, again, we're talking about three key principles. So let's begin with communication. Communication is the key to everything, right? Uh, so being able to communicate is the most critical tool that any leader can have. You must have it. You, ha you must have the ability to communicate. And you can never over-communicate to your team. So I believe you can never over-communicate to your board. So what are some ways that you should be communicating? So I've got a few steps here. So this is the first principle we're talking about communication. And the first way that the ED, head of school, should be communicating to the board is regarding roles and, roles and responsibilities. Right? So this goes back to the governance versus management piece. Having a very clear outline of what's governance practices and what's management practice. Right? I always talk about the how will is management, the how well is governance. So there needs to be clarity in the board's role as a whole and also as individual board members. If there's not clear communication of the roles, a board member will definitely find their way into a role that they believe is currently needed. So the ED has to continue to drive that path, right, to, to continue to keep, keep them busy uh, on your projects that help them get to the next step, you know. Um, so, so, and and this must be communicated from from the ED to the board in proper channels, right? So, so whatever that proper channel is in your board, typically it's from the ED to the board chair and out to the board. Sometimes it's the ED leading training for the board. Sometimes it's the ED introducing a third party to the board to get training, or you know providing governance materials, right? Because remember, I always talk about that your last 15 to 20 minutes of every board meeting should be focused on getting better as an organization. It should be some form of governance strengthening exercise. All right, so, <laughs> excuse, so, so one, one aspect that you can make sure that you have as an organization is a roles and responsibilities contract signed each year, and it can always be referred to, and this always helps when a board member, board member begins to navigate out the role. And the communication and the unity between the ED and the board chair is critical here as, as, as we're starting to start to doggy paddle into muddy waters, right? Because, because, you know, the board is your employer and you're their employee and they supervise you. But in a sense, you've got, you know, you're the expert here. You've got to understand what good board meetings look like, what, good, what, what, what great board, board members do, so you can continually set them up to be successful. Remember I talked about you have to know who they are, what their skill sets are, so you can make them look good too, right? Leadership is not about how far you advance yourself. It's about how far you advance the people around you. So at times you're advancing your board around you. And this, this, this must be done to maintain strong organizational health. Because remember, there's no trust, no unity, and no progress. So the first key to communication is communicating roles and responsibilities. Now, second piece of communication is being able to com communicate the how and the where, right? So this is your vision, your goals, and the current position are critical. If you don't know where the organization's going or know where you are at the time, 
not only will you lose trust amongst your board, but also your staff and the parents and the stakeholders. So, so to do this, each year the board, the board should be told and have, have the opportunity to approve the school's mission-based outcomes, right? Whatever these goals are, whatever you're working on, maybe it's part of your strategic plan, it's part of your school improvement plan. Uh, it, you know, if you don't have any goals, you'll you'll never miss, right? I mean, you'll never know whether you're honestly successful or not. So, so it starts with having goals, right? Having a clear vision of where you're going. And you definitely want you you know you got to get the board's buy-in to these goals, and you want to put it in their hands, right? You're setting them up. To create the to to approve the goals, so then each month your monthly head of school report will 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 reflect the individual gains towards these outcomes. Right? They're gonna they're gonna bring tangible evidences towards the outcomes of, of these goals. Now this is a really key component because if the board approve these goals. And you're showing the tangible evidences, right? You're starting to show how well the plans are working, how well your management plans and your ability to lead. And so this leads to the next critical communication strategy, which is the ask, right? So we started with roles and responsibilities. Then we shifted into communicating um, the mission, the vision, and the goals. And now, and now it's about the ask, right? So, so knowing your board members is really key. It's a key to connecting. So, and this, if the board's main responsible—excuse me, responsibility—is to determine how well the organization's plans are meeting the needs of the students. So, you need to come forth each month with the ask, right? Here's where we're going. Here's where we currently are, and here's what I need to get there. Right? Maybe you have all you need to get there. You just haven't shown, you know, shown the gains or you're showing progress, or maybe there's something that you specifically need to ask for. All right. So, so let's say, for example, uh, that your data is demonstrating a lack of success in one critical area. It could be the meeting the needs of at-risk students or the inability to properly develop teachers. And you need to ask the board for that additional support. Maybe it's an interventionalist. Maybe it's a teacher development you know, person. Maybe it's about asking them to shift some funds into the pro professional development. Right? So with this ask should also be the impact on the budget. Right? So it's your job to bring all that information there because they want to know that you're doing your diligence right? and you've thought ahead and you've already shown them. Don't, don't, don't give them any wiggle room. Don't give them time to create an ad hoc committee to figure out your problem. You need to figure out your problem, right? And you need to get them to help you solve it by approving your ask, right? So, so with this ask, it should be the current, you know, and, 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 and so the impact on the budget and how the organization will get the return on investment, right, the ROI based on this request, okay? Hopefully that makes sense, right? So, so Track, track with me here. Roles and responsibilities. You're letting them know that they're responsible for oversight of the academics and the and the finances and the legal compliance, right? And, and to build the box that you operate in. Part two is is your is your communicating the mission and the vision and where we where we're going and where we currently are. And part three is 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 bringing them the information that they need to make informed decisions. The ask, right? The ask. 
So in between, so here's here's part four of the communication aspect is the in-between meetings, right? Doing the work in between meetings. This is a critical time for keeping the board engaged uh, in their roles, right? And at bay, you're, you're, you know, because sometimes you can have boards that are so disengaged, you only hear from them, you know, once a month. They just show up for the meeting and they read the packet that you give them and they just rubber stamp everything. That's not, that's not the board that we always want. You, as the ED, you need to be informing your board of things that are happening. Now, maybe, again, this goes through the proper channels. It could be, you know, first through your board chair, and your board chair shares the information out, maybe via email, or maybe has a couple of phone calls with the executive committee, whoever needs to know. So I recommend that the board chair and the ED maintain the following communication cycle. Right. So the day after the board meeting, there should be a reflection and the drafting of next month's agenda. One week after the board meeting is the uh, finalizing the agenda, right? So you need to ensure that the, you're using the Pareto principle here, right? The 80-20 the principle that the big rocks should lead off the meeting and be, and be the really heavy part of the meeting, right? Because 80% of our outcomes comes from 20% of our input. So you need to make sure that you, as the, as the principal of the school and the head of the school, the face of the school, are driving the content on the agenda. The last thing you want is 10 or 11 volunteers who got nothing better to do, you know, to be driving the agenda. All right, so, so, so now we're two weeks from the, from the next board meeting or two weeks after, board, you know, we're in the middle of the month. It's a check-in, you know, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's an email, hey, here's some things that happened on campus lately, or here's, here's some things I'm addressing, or hey, great, great news, you know, maybe it's a celebration, you know, whatever it is. Week three is the gathering of the board, board materials to get everything back out to the board, right, everything that you created the agenda for, you've already got the board agenda approved two weeks in advance, you sent it out to the board, they know what it is, and now, now you're gathering everything, maybe a couple board members were working on some projects and you get it, and you send it all back out, right? And uh, so, so, so just through the month, maybe there's there's a once you know one or two communications back out about achievement on the big rocks, right? Or just letting them know, hey, there's going to be something really important we're talking about at the board meeting. Please make sure that you really, really focus on on a page three because what I've been learning is that I give my board a lot of information, and they don't you know they don't read it all. So what I need to do is send them all the information, but then create a one-page synopsis. Here's what I really need you to focus on. And the head of school report that we use starts with the ask up top, right? Here's what I'm going to be asking for during this board meeting, and here's all the data underneath that supports it. Start with the ask. If you put the ask at the bottom, they're not going to get there. All right. So let me go through those, those four key parts of communication. The one is communicating the roles and responsibilities. Two, communicating the mission, the vision, and the and the purpose, the goals. Part three is knowing your 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 members, mastering the ask, right? Knowing knowing what types of information that they need to be able to make informed decisions. And D is keeping that communication cycle going in between meetings, right? Just keeping them engaged. Be careful how much you send. I just learned this week the hard way. Um, 
there's some things that I have sent that I have blind copied the board into because we're going through some leadership changes. And uh, so I would love for them to really be analyzing the budget and working deeply, but, but I actually copied them into an email that I sent to new newly enrolled parents, and I had a board member question the, the um, enrollment document, why we didn't have doctors... Um, information and stuff like that on there. So, so again, so just be careful. Right? You, I, don't, I, I, I still think there's a huge benefit to communicating as much as possible and keeping them informed because it lets them know your work. Right? It's okay to brag on yourself every once in a while because you work really hard. All right, so that's the first principle, communication. Let's talk about the second principle, education. Your board needs to have an understanding of the school's operations and processes in order to make the best decisions the decisions that you need them to make in a timely manner. You should spend time each month educating the board on one of the following. And I would have all this information in a binder, right? This, the, every board member should have a binder or access to all the key information about the organization. So when we're doing this, remember our connecting principles. You need to know how each board member understands best, right, how long it takes them to process. What, are they a numbers person? Are they qualitative? Are they quantitative? Are they visual? Right? Really important. What, what really interests them about this school? So therefore, you can be responsive and not have to react when it comes to reporting. So, here's, so here are the things that I think you should have in a binder for them. One is anything uh, human resources, right? What's your hiring process? What's your termination process? <coughs> Excuse me. What is, um, how are you developing teachers? I mean, anything that's talking about bringing in better people, right? Anything that focuses on your people. Two is the, an outline of the education plan. And so what is it about your plan that they need to know? You know, they don't, like if you're a project-based learning school, they don't need to know everything about project-based learning, but they should understand because parents are going to talk to them, right? And you need them to make key decisions when it comes to professional development uh, for PBL or your model or whatever you're doing. They're going to know the importance of it. Every teacher has a training in that. And remember, most, most importantly, they're not, most of our are not educators. So, you know, be careful of your terms and our education jargon and, and, and faulty assumptions here. Right? You're educating them. You're informing them. Number three is how you make decisions, right, with key members of your team. Like, if you're making a decision, they need to know about the lengthy process that you took. They need to know that you're not a lone, lone ranger leader and you have a leadership team and here's, and here's how information comes in and here's how we process it and here's how we investigate it. You want them to under, know that you do, dil, you do diligent work. You don't always make the best decision. None of us do. We're not always right. However, they need to know that you're working hard behind the scenes to make those decisions. So if you, you, know, if you mess up, you can fess up and, and fix it. But in that way, you're not always being challenged by them. Number four is the fiscal processes, right? How, how does revenue come in? How do you handle your expenses? Do you have any unpaid invoices? How do you handle that? How are you doing vendor checks, right? You know, how are you making sure that the, the contracts are getting a great return of investment? Okay, you, you, you need to be managing them in this aspect. Compliance checks, how do you ensure that the school is meeting state and local requirements? 
Do they have any understanding of what the state and local requirements are? So this is an education piece. Remember, I said the last 15 minutes of every board member should be, or board meeting should be used educating your board. These are some things you could educate them on. What's the parent communication process internally and externally? Right? Is there a 24 or 48-hour protocol on returning parent emails or phone calls? Do you teach your teachers how to communicate? Is there newsletters that should be going out? How often is the website updated? They're hearing these things in the, in the community. They need to be able to respond right, and have an understanding. Otherwise, they're just always going to believe the parents. They're always going to believe the community. All right? You have these things so they can say, you know, I don't speak for the board, but I know that we have newsletters, or I know that we update the uh, website every week. Have you checked the website? What are board best practices, right? Keep them informed. Make sure they're using the webinars, right? Have them watch a webinar per month and come back and talk about it. Board best practices. It's really important to make sure your board is getting better. They're, they're critical to the organization. Charter schools fail because of actions or non-actions of the board, period. That's why charter schools fail, because they fail to act. Educate your board. Um, and then also educate them on any new new state initiatives. You know, read to achieve, new, new admission opportunities, weighted lottery. You know, in the last couple of years, there's, there's you know, been some new, new like initiatives. You know, NISIS, how do our teachers, you know, help them understand, that, you know, what, how like teachers have to be evaluated, you know, to get their license. They need to understand that. Not in a deep way, just in a, just in a high, you know, high level way. And last but not least, any new operational processes, any schedule changes. This is really important that every single start of the school year, you should have a way to inform your board what's new. What's new in the school? Because they're, they're going to hear it from the parents. If you've got a, a lot of parents on your board, they're friends with other people who are, who are in the, the board community. And they're going to be, you know, on Friday night playing pinochle or whatever. <laughs> they're going to be talking about the school. You can't stop it. So make sure that they're informed of just initiatives and new things that are going on. Not, uh, not everything. Again, some, some high-level stuff. Some high-level stuff. And listen, don't think that this is micromanaging or, or you know, extra work, because going through this process will make you a better leader and a better communicator. If you cannot educate your board in these processes, you're probably not communicating very clearly to your own team and your stakeholders. There's, a, there's, a, there's probably more than nine things, but those were nine that came off the top of my head when I was collaborating with some peers. All right, so that's number two. The first one is to communicate. Two is to educate. And number three is to be honest. I would prefer being hit on the head with a little stick now rather than a two-by-four in two months. Right? So let the board know if something was messed up on. Let them know how it's being corrected and how it will be prevented down the road. Your credibility, I want you to think about change in your pocket, right? Change in your pocket. You come, you, you get a job as a charter school principal, regardless if it's a new school or you're reforming the school or the school was really good and you're replacing a really good leader. You come with a certain amount of change in your pocket. Every good decision that you make, you get a little bit more change in your pocket. Every decision that doesn't work out too well, 
that change goes to someone else, right? It leaves your pocket. And eventually, you're starting to lose your credibility. So it's important for you to have an open and honest and authentic relationship with your board. If they're not performing the way you need them, let them know. Right? Let them know. If there's troubles in your organization that you're really working hard to repair, let them know. Find a way to let them know. You've got to be authentic. No one is a perfect leader. Nobody. Everybody screws up. But it's about correcting your errors, evaluative experience, and growing and failing forward. Now, if you continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, then this job might not be for you. Charter school principals move at 1,000 miles an hour, and unfortunately most of us are just sitting on islands. And some of our islands, we don't know where they're going. <laughs> so that's why it's really important to have clear mission and vision because your board's not going to have your mission and vision unless it's maybe the founding board, and that's not always very healthy because they don't know what it's like to run the day-to-day -day operations, but you do. So be honest and authentic and make sure you are informing them of the critical information that they need. So just to recap, drive the board to effective governance through, number one, communicating with clarity, right? 360 degrees. Know the board, connect with your board, communicate with your board. Two, educate the board by driving the agenda with key, key information and, and big rock asks. Right? Educate the board by keeping them informed and knowledgeable so that they make informed decisions. Provide clear, objective data, right? The gains toward the uh, desired outcomes. To let them know how great of a job you're doing and how great the school is. Right? You're not going to please everybody in your, the organization, and mostly the only people that the board are going to hear from most of the time are the ones that you're not pleasing. So it's really important to keep them up to date with key, critical, objective data strong third-party data, teacher working conditions survey data is always great coming out soon. You know, you got your EOGs, obviously. You should have your own internal measures of academic success, the performance framework, parent satisfaction survey, whatever you can constantly keep in front of them. It's really important. All right. And last but not least, be open to discussion without getting defensive. All right, that's the that's that that's our be honest. Be open to discussion without getting defensive, while being clear to articulate the why, the what, and the where. Encourage feedback from your board at all times. Encourage feedback because it's about growing you, so you can grow them, and you can grow your organization. And you can reflect upon how to take your organization to the next level. I'm so happy that you took the time to invest and listen. I hope this lesson was valuable to you. It's definitely been on my mind. It's certainly challenging uh, to lead volunteers, uh, but this is these are critical, critical strategies for you to really move your organization from success to significance. This is Tom Miller. 
Have a great week, everybody. Feel free to reach out to me if you've got any questions, emails, or thoughts. would love to talk more with you about this topic. Have a great day.